0: Purple
1: Nectar. Coffee <laughs> okay. at Oh yes, it is time. We are here in the movie dojo, in the movie dojo. Big one today, chat. We have the legend, Isaac Florentine in the house, one of the best action directors going today. And uh, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you here hanging out with the samurai in the movie dojo. Isaac, how have you been, my friend? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, this is this is huge. This is very huge for us over here because we are huge fans uh, right now we already got people showing up in chat we got Jake Hall saying good morning Isaac Florentine big fan <laughs> and uh, we got uh, Kai Expo one. he's also saying uh, good morning and uh, saying hello and I'm sure because for over here it's, it's it's early so the movie Dojo Army will slowly be trickling in and to check out and hang out with us today because they are fans uh, of your work but uh, yeah it's 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 funny because uh, I, I was a fan of your work without really getting to know you you <laughs> until later because uh, I was collecting some of your early work and then I, I didn't know you were, the, you were the same guy. But you'll see more what I'm talking about when we kind of go through your career here. But first off, uh, again, thank you for hanging out in, uh, in the movie dojo today. But first off, right around we got to the Undisputed 2 uh, film, which is phenomenal by the way. Thank you. uh i didn't i was watching the special features on the DVD and i had absolutely no idea that you were a martial arts badass in real life here <laughs> look at you here yeah you, this is awesome i did not know that so that is so how long have you been taking martial arts and uh
0: 50 years since i was a kid and actually it's martial arts that led me to come to a decision to become a movie director. I started uh, when I was, was around 13, that was in, back in Israel when I was a kid. I started yeah. with karate and uh, I uh, kind of made a constant sh- uh, decision never to quit, and I never quit. I just kept on training, and that's it.
1: Nice, nice. What were some of the disciplines that you, you've been studying all these years?
0: Mainly karate. I mean, that's my, uh, my passion. I did some also, a little bit of uh, Muay Thai. And yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, my heart is really in karate. Nice.
1: Because
0: there's uh, a lot of layer, a very interesting history, and there's so much in it that you can concentrate in so many things of different ages, and it's all
1: there. Nice. Awesome. You have uh, Lopez here. He's saying, hello, Fat Samurai Guy and Isaac. He loves your work. Undisputed 3 is on his top five best martial arts movies of all time. Look at that. So I told you to be trickling in here to say hello. Uh, but that is awesome. Karate. Yes. Love that. Love it. And uh, But uh, I'm sure uh, actually training in the art and learning the art, uh, so did, did. That, did that help you in terms of directing fight sequences as well? Was that also a plus that you actually knew martial arts?
0: So let me... Sh-
1: Flashback a
0: little bit. Sure. Uh, I I got interested in movies at a very young age. uh, Because basically, when I grew up in Israel, it was a small country surrounded by enemy, two and a half million people, no television. So uh, really, the the place for entertainment was uh, cinema. And I used to go a lot to the movies. And... uh, then uh, I saw in the early seventies Bruce Lee, Fist of Fury. I was very, very inspired by it. I was training by then, but it also inspired me to understand that you can do a genre or a sub-genre of martial arts movies. And I it really uh, uh, I, 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 I I mean it was very interesting for me. Nice. So karate gives you or any martial arts gives you the benefit of life is not only uh, just for self-defense, because if you train correctly, it's a way to set goals and to achieve them. That's, let's say the belt system. It's a way of uh, uh, dissecting stuff and understanding how to do priorities of what to do, and how not to do, self-discipline. And later, when I went to film school, or even before that in school, or when I was in the military. Everything that I did was according to that uh, system of dividing stuff, priority, one, two, three, four, everything is systematic. And uh, when I decided to become a director, I knew that I want to do action movies, of course, and understanding coming from martial arts background helped me to not only design the action, understand how to shoot it and how to bring it in a correct pace. Because it's not, you have to shoot it correctly. You have yes. to create a certain pace that will flow. And uh, it all came together.
1: Nice, beautiful. Yeah, I, I figured that would actually be a benefit and and, uh, and help in, the, in your directing and, and fight choreography, that you having that background of martial arts, uh, which is awesome, which is awesome. And uh, I, you know, going through your career, we're going to bounce around here. And uh, I didn't know you actually directed a lot of the old-school Power Ranger episodes here. Yes. Look at that. You did so many.
0: (laughs) I did a lot of Power Rangers. And actually, Power Rangers, I stumbled into Power Ranger in the first season. I knew uh, the producers. They were shooting it then, uh, before I came. Yeah. Just started shooting it. And it was the American way of uh, uh, filming of Let's Shoot a Master and Cover It. And then they tried to blend it with the Japanese way of shooting that was edit to camera, which means you make your editing decision before you shoot. And it didn't, it was like oil and water. And at a certain point, uh, one of the producers, darun Yomi, said, look, I know somebody that is a martial artist, is a filmmaker, he knows that genre. Let's try him. If it works, wonderful. If not, let's bring the team from Japan. And I came and I did some kind of... Uh, Test. Uh, yeah. my test. It really worked well. And I started working in the series and I was there for many years. And as a matter of fact, the beauty of that series, because I was directing every day, as it's like training, you know, as a director, you direct and direct and direct. So you gain your confidence, you gain your skill. Also, the producers were very open minded, and they let you do experiments. So I used it as a lab to do experiment to see what works. What doesn't work? What can I improve? And later took that exp- took that uh, 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 conclusions that I had uh, into features.
1: Nice, nice, and uh, that that is really awesome. So you were getting your you were learning and soaking in experience and getting your feet dirty around this time. Exactly. And then, yeah, but what's what's interesting is they they keep talking about they're going to bring Power Rangers back to the you know on the big screen over here and. They keep failing, and fans just want to go back to this era. <laughs> fans just, like, they love the early era of Power Rangers. Uh, this is, like, where the fandom is which, where it stays, you know? So any new future Power Ranger movie projects, they're always like, hey, we got to make sure we go back to the nostalgia era because that's where the fan base really is, you know? So let's see. Who knows what they're going to do uh, with the future of movies that they're going to make. I know a lot of people were disappointed with the... Uh, the, the 2017 I believe power Rangers live action film a lot of fans of this era right here your era they were kind of they went they went into that movie and they were kind of disappointed so well, hopefully they, hopefully they get it right this time.
0: there is a reason for it when when we started shooting it if you look at the first few seasons it's very very cheesy on purpose. yeah there is no logic. No, uh, I remember once uh, on the set, I had one of the executives in Saban coming and tell me, Isaac, I don't understand the logic. There is no master that you're shooting. There is no uh, com- uh, logic behind it. I told you, "His name was Winston. Winston, what are you talking about? Look at the Japanese footage. They jump in Tokyo, they land in Paris. I mean, there is no <laughs> logic in there. And yeah. that's what made it fun. That's what yeah. people like, you know? yeah. What, The problem is when once they start to bring it to a feature, they bring other directors, feature directors, or let's say, I mean, directors that don't understand the quirkiness of it, and they try to reinvent the wheel. You don't want to reinvent the wheel in a Power Rangers.
1: No, there you go. Perfect. Very well well said. Uh, We have uh, Kevin Lambert here saying... Awesome, he did Power Rangers, that's cool, so he's all buzzing over here, he's fanboying over here, which is awesome, but yeah, we're very well said, you've, you've nailed it. Now here, this takes me back too, again, this is what I was talking about, me being a fan of you without really getting to, to know you yet, your work yet, uh, I used to watch this on TV a lot, man, WMAC Masters, this is old school, you know, I mean, you know the popularity of Mortal Kombat kind of spawned this show, but man I remember this show back in the day I used to watch it and I used to have a lot of fun uh watching people kick ass and take names and the fight choreography's legit like the fight choreographies f- were very well filmed and it's a f- it was a fun show I, I highly re- uh, remember that fondly uh is that where you kind of did you did you meet up with Shannon Lee then for high voltage yes or did you I, 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 oh nice
0: a few, a few words about the show so sure. Power Rangers gave me the opportunity to go into experiment in, 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 in one way. Then, when WMC Master came, the idea, the producer wanted to do it like supposedly it looks real, even though it cannot, it can never look real because it's a martial arts, so you don't really eat because it's all smoking mirrors. Right. So, the, I came with a concept of coming and doing long takes without cutting. In order to do it, you really have to have correct camera moves that will go according to the performers, so the hit will read. And there's the pace is very important. Sometimes we had 16 or 17 takes. So, again, it was a lab for me to do continuous style, continuous thing. Look, it's one shot, you see composition in the foreground. Look at those crossings, they came from power ranges. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, I see that, yeah.
0: Four things that we use the parties in Power Rangers, I brought it
1: here.
0: (laughs) People are unaware. When I do a feature, you can see if you go down to the base, you see the base of Power and when it comes to action. The base of Power Rangers and WMAC Masters. Even though when you do a movie, it's rated R and Power Rangers is PG and DC is also PG, but... If you go to the base, you see this film style that I this, I started to uh, get experience with it, yeah. and do it in the uh, early 90s. The prologue WMAC Masters, I think that A, the show was ahead of its time, it came too early. Second, we shot it in video and then the video cameras were not as good as now. It was not like the red that you're shooting now. you couldn't play with speeds and uh, it it really limited you gotcha. so that's uh, it's a pity because I love the show and it was yeah. fun to do it and you had some great people there.
1: yeah, yeah, I used to watch it on TV it was it was it was it was a blast. Uh, I actually bought I rented high voltage and I actually went out and bought it on DVD. Uh, That's how much I enjoyed it. Again, a fan of your work without really knowing you yet. (laughs) But how was it um, working with uh, Shannon Lee and uh, Sabato here, Junior?
0: Wonderful. I mean, Shannon is a lady. I mean, we met before in uh, WMAC Masters. Uh, Needless to say, the influence that her father had on me, uh, is uh, enormous, not only in martial arts, the decision to come from a small country to America, to dare to direct movie, it was for me the model, it was for me the, the influence, you know, I said, it, it, it gave me the, it was the idol for me.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, suddenly you're working with his daughter.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: With Antonio, that was his very first feature in TV before. And oh. it, uh, it was a pleasure to work with him. What a nice, nice, nice guy to work with. Uh, uh, such a gentleman. I mean, it's like, uh, it was a fantastic experience, you know? Nice. And in about 20 days, it was a hard uh, shoot. Also, I had there, uh, Billy Zapka from The Karate Kid and now uh, Cobra. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, a, it was a very nice shoot. It was tough to shoot, hard schedule, but uh, again, the same concept that I had is every movie that I shoot, before I shoot it, I have my short list. I know what I'm going to do in every scene, shot by shot. So I'm not going to a set and, okay, what are we doing now? No. I'm going, I know, sometimes, many times the set is built for the way that I had it already planned. And then when I come, because it's all so low budgets, I come to the set, I push everybody, come on, let's shoot, let's shoot, let's shoot, let's shoot. So there is no time to basically, to. there is time sometimes to stop and make a small discussion or adjustment, but we know where we're going.
1: Right, right, right. So it's just fast and furious filmmaking, but you still had it planned out to make it work. That's always, awesome. Always. Nice. Nice. So you really, I mean, not only did you make a movie with the, you know, the, the legendary Bruce Lee, you know, his daughter, the icon himself, but you, you, you know, of course, over the course of your career, you also made movies with some other action icons here, some other badass martial artists, which we'll get to, which is really awesome. And uh, I ran into a lot of these at martial arts conventions. I'm not going to show pictures or anything, but they're all, they're all awesome people. Uh, But yeah, Oliver Gruner here. And uh, Savat, a.k.a. Savat is the other title for this one, The Fighter, which is a martial arts western here. Uh, How was it working with him?
0: Very good experience. So you have to understand, I'm not a writer. I actually wrote two movies, uh, not co-wrote. Savat was one of them. Why? It was based on a French officer, Joseph Charlemont. He was... He really did to Savat what Bruce Lee did to Kung Fu to martial arts. This was in the 1860s, 1870s. Actually, he was the his Savat teacher of the author, Alexander Dumas, who wrote The Three Musketeers and uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, nice. In yeah. 1865, he was an officer in the French Army and was stationed in Mexico. Now, I grew up on Italian westerns, on spaghetti westerns. Yeah. So I read cool. Mexico, immediately I saw in front of my eye a great Western call, The Big Gun Down with Levan Cliff and Thomas Millian. It was yes. uh, the director, Perfect. Sergio Sulema. And I said, wow, here is an opportunity to do a spaghetti Western with martial arts, totally legit, not uh, far fetched. Uh, uh, it's not kung fu, it's a guy that is a French officer. And the right guy to do it was Olivier, uh, which actually served in the French uh, army before.
1: Oh, that's right. uh, uh, Was he a Navy SEAL? He was a Navy uh, SEAL
0: also? No, he was in the... uh, uh, I think he was in the French Foreign Legion. Oh, wow. Okay. He was in the French military. Uh, Basically, yes, he was in the Foreign Legion. Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, So basically... We shot it in LA. It was an American movie, but I shot it like an Italian movie. Yeah. We had the luck to have their Mark Singer and also Arlie Army from Full Full Metal Jacket and James Brown. Nice. It was a shoot. You know, that was my third feature. And really... uh, Sorry, that was... Yeah, that was my second feature. And really in the first feature and the second feature, I was still looking for the style. I was still a little bit going according to the way that things are done, like, let's say, muster and coverage, and some that I went with my gut. By the third movie that was high voltage, I said, I'm not going by the standard, I'm going according to my gut. And this, for me, was the breakthrough. You know, I felt that that movie brought me, like, to what I felt comfortable, and since then, that's the only style that I'm going, you know? Nice. I And kind of not going according to what the industry... Was uh, the standard industry way of filmmaking that really started in the states in the '30s, uh, when they were shooting with sound and comedies and dramas? Yeah, so, it's not working for action.
1: Yeah, nice, nice, gotcha, awesome. Uh I also ran into this guy, Gary Daniels. Yes, I see. I see again with a Cold Harvest here. Uh, another movie, rented it, went out and bought it right after. <laughs> again, a fan of your work not knowing you yet uh, but uh, yeah, I ran into Gary Daniels I met him in real life at the uh, convention, very nice guy uh, and Barbara, Barbara Crampton's in this amazing
0: too lady. amazing lady you know, I learned from her uh, something, I, I, something about that movie but first I learned from Barbara because I knew she was big on television and soap and whatever she did a scene and she blew me away And I came to her and said, Barbara, how did you do it? And uh, because it was, sometimes you're afraid from people that were doing too much television that they would be too big. And in a movie, really, uh, you want to be small. Here's what she told me, and it's something that I'm taking with me. You you know, you learn from everybody. She said, look, she learned that when she does a drama, the aperture, the emotions, or the feeling is the same here. It's the aperture, how much... Is open or closed? When it's a television, it's kind of more open. Where, or, or let's say, when it's a soap, it's fully open. When it's uh, episodic or television, semi-open. When it's a movie, because it's a big screen, almost closed. But the energy is the same yeah. energy, right? Like, wow, okay, I learned from her. Now some nice. people, that movie, we, I, I, it was shot in South Africa. I didn't know that the winter in South Africa is our summer. It was freezing cold. Oh my goodness. And uh, the choreography, Yuji Noguchi, that I worked with him many times from Alpha Stand, he works with his left foot. Uh, I mean, that's his strong side. Everything was choreographed for the strong side. We had to change it for Gary. It was funny, but it worked really well. It was a great uh, shoot. It was wonderful to work with Brian Jenetzi and uh, and and Gary. Uh, and if you look at the movie, it's a futuristic spaghetti western. Yeah, and it's something that when there was the script, I told uh, 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 Frank Dietz wrote the script. He used to be an animator in Disney and uh, animated Kela, uh, Tarzan's mother, etc. For the movie. And basically, I told then Millennium. Image that was my first movie with them. I told them, Look, I'm going to make it like a Western, and they told me, Yes, we understand. And I was telling them, Look, I'm going to make it as a Western. They said, Yes. So I made up my mind the convention on that time was that every futuristic movie they look like the 50s. I said, No, I want to make it like it's a spaghetti Western. The comet falls into earth, it's full of dust, they're all having dusters. Yeah, when they saw the dailies. They call me. And says you're doing a western. I told him yes. I told you I'm going to do a
1: western. <laughs> but
0: said, yeah, but we didn't think that you literally meant to do a western.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you did it as a western because it's a lot of fun that way. And you know, just earlier, I'm already a, even more of a fan of you for you saying that you love the big gun down because I love I love me some Lee Van Cleef now. But yeah, the action in Cold Harvest is legit, especially the fight sequence. At the end with our finale fight between Gary Daniels and our and the villain. It is we a phenomenal
0: fight. Kitchen. We shot in the kitchen of the studio. Everything was done in the studio. We took everything out of the kitchen. Not of the kitchen, the metal. We yeah. painted it, you know? Everything was shot right there.
1: Hey. <laughs> hey, if it works, right? If it works, that's all that matters, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh we see who else we got in chat here. Uh oh, we got uh let's see. Where is he? I just saw him. We have another action future martial arts action director here hanging out with us. Uh, here he is. Ranjit Marwa is hanging out with us today. There we go. He's saying, hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Ranjit? Yep, he's on his way. He loves action cinema as well, so he's working on all kinds of projects. So, yeah, people are showing up, man. This is awesome. But, yeah, Cole Harvest went out and bought it after I rented it. Really enjoyed that one. Really enjoyed it. And uh, Gary was Gary was great in a really great fight uh, at the end of that film. Yes. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to. Oh, wait, hold on. We don't want to skip the, any other action icons here. So, Bridge of Dragons. How was it working with Dolph?
0: So I actually you know, met Dolph in 1980. I was training in karate. Uh, my uh, the main dojo that we had in Israel, the headquarters was actually in Stockholm, Sweden. So my teacher's best friend, they were in the Swedish team. My teacher is Thomas Weber. His best friend was Oken Nigen. They were in the Swedish karate team. Oken's best friend was Dolph. And then he and Oken were uh, 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 not bodyguards, but uh, door guards or whatever, doormans in some kind of a nightclub, I think, called Atlantica or whatever. So I used to see him a lot. And actually, I went and I trained in the dojo in uh, 1980. So Dolphus, I mean, was then going to MIT to study mechanical uh, uh, engineering, you know? And I didn't think that i will be a director. I didn't think. This is 1980. I just finished my military service in Israel. went to Sweden to train. Didn't think of anything. Years later, that's in 1998, 18 years later, I came to his office in uh, New York with a producer that was a mutual friend of ours, Yoram Barzilai. And he's looking at me, and he knows me, but he couldn't put connect things. Yeah. Behind him, there was a big picture of his uh, people from his Swedish dojo. And I said, ah, here is Brian Fitkin, He stands saying, here is Oken Negrin. And then he immediately recognized me, the ice broke. So nice. uh, actually, that movie, Breach of uh, or Cold Harvest was done because he wanted to get in a legit way his third done in karate and left everything, went to Sweden to train a few months uh, to uh, be tested like everybody else. And meanwhile, Millennium wanted to do a movie, so we did. Cold Harvest, we were, uh, 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 we, uh, yes, Cold Harvest, we were supposed to do Bridge of Dragons also in South Africa, but we ended up in Bulgaria, and we shot it in Bulgaria, it was the very first American movie shot in Bulgaria, I think, oh, nice. Hell, it was tough, because they were unorganized, but we managed to pull it. When I finished shooting, apparently the day after we found out that 19% of the footage was scratched and I had to cut around it. That was hell. Oh, so, no. Yes, yes. I hate that movie because of it. The ending shot is some kind of a big camera shot. and But to, to work with Dolph was a pleasure. He's very anal- uh, uh, analytic. He thinks about what he does. And it was really a, a pleasure to do with it. Uh, you know you want to work with people that enjoy the process you know yeah one of them so nice. yeah so, so there
1: is that. that big positive out of it at least you got that out of making that movie is working with dolph and he's legit karate himself right basic yes Le- legit
0: guy. yes absolutely he's a student of brian fitkin and brian was also in the movie brian was in the british team that in 1972 defeated defeated the japanese team and took uh, uh, the world championship that was a big deal in 1972.
1: So nice. yes. Uh, James here says Isaac Florentine, a master of action, fantastic director. Uh, James giving you a shout out there. I <laughs> okay,
0: appreciate it. Look, I like the genre. It's, it's,
1: yeah. You know, well, it's one of the best genres of all time, maybe the best. Uh But uh, let's keep it karate here. I did yeah. not know you were involved with a documentary about Bob Wall. So, okay.
0: Okay. A time, there's a story behind everything. Sure. I, met, I met somebody that actually I knew him through martial arts magazine in the early 70s, Don Warner. He was the Canadian reporter of a magazine called Inside uh, Inside Karate. And uh, official karate, official karate. And uh, we met by chance. And at that time, I was I really wanted to do also to open a line of instructional martial arts. So we joined forces, became a business partner, and best, best, best friends. Don knew everybody. Everybody loved him. It. He's got a fantastic reputation. One of them was Bob Wall. And Bob basically did uh, they did uh, some kind of uh, audio coding.
1: Like interviews or?
0: interviews, but it was more of a, a... like a bank rate when people, like, scold you or... Uh, oh,
1: okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah.
0: Uh, they shot it, but apparently they left all the... Uh, in, in the frame, yeah. all of the uh, applications or what settings were still there. He didn't know what to do. So... Okay. Yeah. And I'm listening to Bob telling stories and I I know Bob for years and he knows he he, is a storyteller. And I told him, "Don't, don't let's bring a camera. Let's shoot. Really. I mean, the way he's telling stuff, we can do something with it. I never thought that it will become a feature or you can edit into 90 minutes. But He's such a good storyteller. There's a lot of history that he tells. And he knows how to tell it and how to present it. And we added some footage, and it became a documentary. You know, it was never meant uh, to become a documentary. One thing that I had to do uh, to say that brilliantly, at the end of the movie, there is a song that a blues guitar player, fingerstyle, Jack Labotz wrote for a, a Bob. It is called The Ballet of uh, Bob Wall, it's amazing, you know, he's a <laughs> guitar player, uh, uh, and and it's like, you hear that song, y- y- you want to play it again, and again, and again, and again, I think it, it, this is what made the documentary,
1: you know? <laughs> nice, nice, but it's at least, it's at least worth watching to hear his stories. Yes, yes, okay. yes.
0: He was in New Bruce Lee, knew Chuck Norris. He was there in the American uh, uh, martial arts. He one of the pioneers. He was there from the beginning. He, uh, I mean, Joe Louis, Chuck Norris. I mean, everybody, Ed uh, Burleson, they're always, I mean, he was right there amongst them. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him. And uh, he is very, I mean, in is very intelligent in the way that he's telling the story, and yet it's very interesting, it's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. I gotta check it out, and he's legit too. He's legit, yes, Ferrari, man. See. Yes, so special forces. This film right here, Special Forces, was this the very first time you worked with this guy? Yeah, but I have
0: to just go before I did a movie
1: before that. After
0: the first movie in Bulgaria, I said, I don't want to come back because it was a mess. Right. But about a year and a half, two years later, I came to Bulgaria and I showed Special Forces that I took people that worked with me in uh, WMAC Masters and later uh, even in Power Rangers, like Hakim Alston and uh, uh, Southwark. and. I shot a movie and the fight choreographer and the second unit uh, director uh, was Andy Cheng from the Jackie Chan team. And basically the idea was to do a movie that is totally cheesy, totally comics, because the story was not really logical. So right. we went the whole way and there was a lot of amount of fighting. We really, Andy and I divided the the, the, the load, you know? Uh, we were like shooting back to back, I like. I was here. He was there. And the first fight that he shot, he, he shot. I like certain lenses, and the first one was he, he, he likes he more. He likes more uh, tighter lenses. I like most looser lenses. And going closer, it gives it more of a. I call it again spaghetti western feel. Yeah. But, uh, and that was the first movie I worked with Marshall Dick. So later, when the idea to do, uh, special forces came, I said okay. I, I I would like to do it. I'd like to do it with Marshall T. At that time, and that's the story of Scott, my good friend Don Warner, we used to get to our to our office many VHS tapes of people that wanted to get into movies. And I used to watch them in the beginning and then I got tired. Why? Because there were some people were at good martial arts but didn't know how to do stunts. Mm-hmm. Some were young people but couldn't do really good martial arts or somewhere who couldn't even act, you know. At a certain point, I didn't want to watch it. One day I came to the office and Don told me, look, Isaac, I got this thing from an English guy, I think you should watch it. And I said, ah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I did what I did on my way home. He and says, Isaac, I still think that you should watch it. And I said, okay, don't put it. So he puts the tape. And I start to watch skeptically like this. And I see him, it starts with like uh, body shots and whatever. I say, okay. He looks charismatic. Can he move? And then you see some martial arts technique. I said, okay, he's got good martial arts. Can he do stunts? And then I see all the stuff that is what I call screen fighting, and he's doing it amazingly. I said, wow, can he act? And then (laughs) scenes from BBC. You cannot be more drama than BBC. I said, wow, I'm taking the phone, and I'm calling. It's in the middle of the night in England. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm giving a message uh, listen I want to work with you etc etc I took the tape I went directly to Millennium to my friend Buzz Davidson that is the producer of most of my movies and I told him Buzz, you got to see that and I showed him the tape and he had kind of the same reaction and he told me let's tailor a role for him in Special Forces so he or that role of an English operative that is a little bit rogue and is ba- up there. And that was the first time that I worked with Scott. And nice. I, I knew that I want to work with him again and again. And I, I I had a feeling in my stomach, many times you go according to the feeling, that this guy will be a star, that he's got it, you know. And yeah. it was always a dream. You won't say I want to, I would not say discover, but work with somebody that I know that we work together really well and I had a feeling that this
1: will be with Scott. Nice, and you made that connection and, and uh, man, you really, really helped his career and kind of put him on the map and man, he is a huge star today and his fight scene that you had him, the one-on-one fight scene in this film is phenomenal. This is so really, really good. Fight, what I
0: did... He has some fight scenes in the movie. I, sat, I shot most of them. But that fight scene, I wanted to be very, very special. I was working with my friend Yuji. This is what we did. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the trick is to put your ego, leave it out the door and think of the movie. And I said, Yuji, I'm going to shoot all of the other action, whatever, whatever. You go with Scott. Go to this warehouse. It was all in the studio. And let's make this fight scene, shoot it right, and make something speca- spectacular. And that's what they did. They shot it for about three or four days, and they were a unit by their own. You usually know my style because we worked together from Power Rangers. We worked many, many yeah. times together. It's like i call calling my brother from another mother, okay? <laughs> so, uh, Basically, that's the way that it was, and uh, it, it was an amazing experience, and uh, this audience really loved it, you know, when he screened it, and they, they really burst uh, clapping, you know, when that yeah. fight ended up.
1: That was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight, uh, but that is awesome, you know, that he he become your brother from another mother, I love that saying, but here's this yeah, big one right we awesome. got right here, this one right here, baby. Undisputed okay. to so, oh, yeah.
0: Story here. I mean, the story is this uh, I love Walter Hill, one of my favorite directors.
1: Yes, uh, the Warriors, the Warriors, love the Warriors, the Warriors
0: come out and play, spits on fire. Yes, uh, I mean, he's Western, Southern Comfort. I love Walter Hill. So, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Hard Times, Charles mm-hmm. Bronson. Yeah, so basically a Millennium came to me and said, we want you to do a sequel to Undisputed. And I read the script, and it was a boxing script. And I told him, look, if you look at Undisputed 1, you can see that whoever did it was a boxing lover. People enjoyed it. They love boxing. I want to do it as a mixed martial arts movie.
1: Nice.
0: Now, mixed martial arts at that time, Was just beginning, they didn't even understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) What is mixed martial arts? I told them, look, it's a combination of, I simplified karate and judo and boxing, and they kind of, oh, there is something like this. So, (laughs) and then I knew that the only person that can play that role is Michael J. White. I I met Michael Furious before. Michael is a legit martial artist, he's an excellent actor. He was supposed to, to be in WMAC Master, but he got that role to play Tyson with George C. Scott. And when right. you saw that he plays Tyson with George C. Scott, and it's like, wow, you know? Yeah. And I met him before because he was gracious here before to come and meet me and even to come to a screening of high voltage. But in the middle of the screening, they changed the rules and people had to wait an hour until people put this in order he was gracious to sit and wait and everything. I knew nice. he was the right one to play George Chambers. He's now, awesome. the problem was Boyka. They, a New Image wanted a known actor to play it, and they wanted him to be mean and menacing and a bad guy. And I had a different idea. Uh, Scott told me, look, guys, if you ever get this role, I promise me I'll do my very best to do my very best. Yeah, I took his word as is. Now, the problem is Michael is 6'3, Scott is 5'10, a big difference. Yeah. And Scott doesn't look like a menacing Russian. And I said, I want to go with Scott. Everybody freaked out. People told me, You're crazy, you're ruining your career. Only boss told me, Look, you're the director, but you have to take responsibility for it. So I basically told Scott, Scott, do not shave. Do not cut your hair. Do not shave. Scott was training day and night in the gym. Uh, I went to uh, Bulgaria. We shot it in Bulgaria. And I said, make me a shoes with a a platform of about three inches for him. Bring me a very heavy jacket for his character. That jacket was there in all the movies, basically. Yeah, yeah. And a very thin jacket for Michael. So when Scott came, we, did the, we didn't know. We started cutting his hair. I did it with a makeup artist. that She was an elderly lady that had a lot of experience. We almost cut everything. And then Scott took the, whatever was left from his beard and put it like this. And, we, and the character came alive. So it was a whole very risky, you know, but it was a good bet. Now, another thing, I felt that the character should be honest in his own way. And uh, it worked, you know. People really became to like the character of Boyka, even though he's not a nice guy, he's a grammar uh, <laughs> but he's honest in his own way. So uh, uh, now so you have to understand some of the scenes, not, the, not even the fighting, some of the dramatic scenes, Scott was in his shoes and Michael was barefoot, you know. So you, you could... Right. You know, they and they manipulated the lens, you know.
1: Yeah, but I didn't it, even notice at all that the yes. you know, the height difference it oh, just worked. That's <laughs>
0: <good>. <laughs> so basically, this is how uh, Boyka came uh, to life. Uh, I I love it's my favorite movie, and the reason is when I went and I did it. Look, I know that I'm a P movie director, and I'm proud of it. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I like B-movies. I, I came to the States really only to do B-movies. I never had big dreams of Hollywood studios and whatever. Right. I really like B-movies. Uh, so, uh, uh, but I wanted to do it as so-called independent movie. And right. when I went and I I, I went and I did, I said, look, this will be a sports movie because I don't like jail movies. I remember I, I said with Michael, he also doesn't like jail movies. And we came with a clear decision to make something like the longest yard of uh, Robert Aldridge, like with uh, Burt Reynolds, yeah, fourth movie that happens in jail. You know,
1: right? Yeah, so that
0: was the decision because before they shot a movie in Bulgaria with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and uh, was it? Ringo Lemos, was the director. It was called From Hell, very very depressing movie. I couldn't see it. It was so depressing, and I said, <laughs> I don't want to do a movie like this. I cannot. Right. So. Uh, Basically, we started shooting Undisputed 2 and to my luck, the character that became a very important character in the movie was the snow. The snow was falling all the time and it became a part of the movie. And I knew it because Boaz, our producer, knew it. You know, we were relying on it in the first two days. The snow didn't come. We put like some foam and the snow really came. There's a fighting a fight scene in the yard of the jail where Michael is uh, helping. Uh, uh, what's his name?
1: Uh, uh, ben Cross.
0: Ben Cross, yes. Yeah. And right after the fight, they start talking. And I, at that, I said, I'm going to do all of this scene with a cam as a long continuous shot. So they start to walk and the snow starts to fall. By the end of the scene, it's all white. <laughs> the yard becomes from green to, to white in one shot, you know? Yeah. So, and and it was, the, the snow became a part of the movie. Now, you have to understand another thing. I grew up in Israel. Then I moved to California, Southern California. No, you don't really snow, see snow falling. To me, seeing snow falling was something... Uh, something new, I remember I turned to the crew and said, you know, that's the very first time I really saw snowphonic. everybody was laughing at me oh with me, at me, whatever but it was something, for me it was like, wow, you know, the snow did something for me so uh, anyway, that's uh, Undisputed
1: too. Oh man, what a phenomenal movie and, and, and again, back to Ben Cross great performance in this film amazing uh, really amazing. good actor Chariots of More. Fire, man. Chariots of Fire. Yes.
0: One take, you know, one take. You don't need a second take with him. He's so good. He's so, he's so in the money. And yeah. like, it's like all the elements fell correctly in that movie. And Ellie Dunker, that worked also in Special Forces, was the bad guy, created a total different character of Crot, the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, It was amazing. And Ken Lerner, that plays the... The sleazy manager of Michael J. White, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Another good actor. Who plays uh, the the warden and Mark Ivanero plays Gaga, you know, the charming <laughs> yeah. uh, mafioso. So yeah. I'll hear the story later, because sure. Mark did a movie later with uh, what's his name? Uh uh Ann Benning and Simon uh, Hoffman, what's his name? Uh, Anyway, I'm, I'm, That's I'm, I'm, fine. That's fine. Anyway, yeah, this, New this, York. We're in New York, and yeah. the cab stops. I mean, all of those big stars are standing on the light, uh, and the guy comes from the the driver looks looks at the uh, and says, "You good actor, Ganga, great <laughs> character," and drove away. So, Philip, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman
1: oh. And Benning. but.
0: He ignored them. He was talking to Mark Ivanir, you know?
1: Oh, wow. How awesome is that? But yeah, yeah, this, uh, this actor as well. I loved him in Yeah, Ellie film. Dunker, yes. Yeah, very good. No, very
0: it's good. Air Extensions, and uh, yeah. he got the idea. I was sitting on the flight from uh, Tel Aviv uh, to Sofia, and he sits next to somebody that is doing hair Extension, and he comes and says, look, I have an idea. Why don't we add Air Extension? And I said, wow, what a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yes. But uh, yeah, phenomenal film. You and Scott made Yuri Boyka an icon. (laughs) He is an icon, the character. Uh, And we're going to get into Undisputed 3 a little bit later. But yeah, this was my introduction to you. And I was like, oh, I got to write down Isaac Florentine's name. And then Scott Atkins, who is this guy? Because, you know, I'm a big, huge Michael J. White fan. So I, 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 you know, bought the film. To, for Mike to support Michael Jai White, and I'm a big fan of him. And then I was just like, right when that movie got finished, I was like, I'm all about this Scott Atkins guy, man. <laughs> like this guy's phenomenal. I was like, oh man, I got to keep an eye out for this guy's work. But but, but I love the story. I have,
0: to add something. I have to add something. Michael is an excellent martial artist. Oh yeah. He had to bring his martial arts down in that movie because of the character to play only as a boxer. Yeah. So you don't see how awesome he is in martial arts. Because, and it was a conscious decision, we talk about it, because he plays as a boxer. So it wouldn't be as spectacular as Scott. You go with the character, you serve the character, you know? Yeah. Another thing, if you look at the fights and at the angles and at the cuts, look at it and you'll see Power Rangers. Clean up the, uh, forget that it's looking gritty. Right. It's Power Rangers. Now, I had a great cinematographer, the Ross Clarkson, and uh, we, we we later did about seven movies, you know. But he, he understood in the beginning it was hard to shoot with him because he didn't get, we had time to adjust. And uh, the, the fight choreographer was J.J. Perry, that now is a big director, you know. And But he, once we went to the ring, he understood exactly what we were looking for and he just delivered, you know. I think yeah. he's the best camera operator in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, but yeah, I love the story—the story of a boxer having to evolve, you know, into something better. And uh, man, did he really uh, kick ass! This character, man, by the end of the movie, he was—it was—it was was phenomenal. Just a phenomenal film. And it's funny because you know you're talking about oh well, you know, I like B movies and all that. Let me tell you something right now: this movie, yeah, it's, it's smaller budgeted. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. The quality of the movie is all that matters. And this movie delivered. It had comedy in it. It had drama in it. It had great performances. It had amazing fight sequences that were filmed perfectly. This checked all the boxes for me. And any, that's, dead, that's, snow. Hmm? any dead snow? Yeah, you get some snow, man. <laughs> but you know the this movie right here at my job where I used to work. This was the this was the tape uh, sharer movie. Like I bought it. Gave it to my buddy at work. You have to see this. He loved it. Then he passed it to another guy at my job for him to watch it. He loved it. And it just kept going around my whole job. Uh, Every guy that was there, uh, you know, my friends and stuff like that, they all loved the movie. They were like, this is legit. This is a legit, this is like the best martial arts movie they've seen in years. And because of, you know, your phenomenal work with this, I hate to say it, but a couple of years later when Expendables came out, I was disappointed. You know, I was kinda disappointed in Expendables. Now I no though it's a fun trilogy and I like watching it now. But when the first Expendables movie came out, I was kinda disappointed because you spoiled me <laughs> with quality action that was in this. You know, you spoiled me, my friend. So, you know, it does the the budget at the end of the day doesn't matter, is the quality of the movie. You know. And mm-hmm. there's so much quality in this film. And uh, I, I could talk about just this movie all day, but we have to move on. I don't want to keep you too much. But Undisputed 2 is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And a lot of main, you know, again, going back before we move on, a lot of mainstream action movies at the time, I didn't like the way they were filming their fight scenes. I didn't like too much shaky cam, too much quick cut editing. And then here...
0: Yeah. yeah, you have to see the choreography.
1: Yeah, got
0: to see the choreography. You got to understand where it's related to the to, to the geography. Yeah, look at Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly when they dance. No cuts. You see them back to toe. You know, for me, and I. When people ask me about action, I said, forget about action. Go take sing in the Rain. See Donald O'Connor uh, doing. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. Yeah. It's action. Every segment is a shot, and it goes from one segment to another, and you see the geography. This was the really the inspiration how to shoot action correctly.
1: Yeah, and you see him flipping off the wall and doing all this yes. crazy stuff in that scene, yes. you know? Uh, but yeah, Undisputed 2 really kind of set the stand. It, it, it gave me a, a, a it was a breath of fresh air, because yeah, we love the story of Borm's supremacy in the third movie. We love the story, we love the characters. But watching the way those fight scenes were edited and filmed was so frustrating. Really frustrating. But thankfully, we got directors like you reminding us yes. how martial arts movies and action movies are supposed to be filmed. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, got another one here where it's got some legit action. How was it working with Van Damme in this one? So
0: I knew Jean-Claude years before. One day I got a phone call that was in my house Uh and it was Jean Claude. He says, Isaac, I got your phone uh, from uh, Sam Fissenberg, the director of uh, American Ninja, etc. Yeah, I know that you're a martial arts, uh, a martial artist. Uh, can we meet? And uh, we met. I mean, I, I went to his. Uh, he was living not far away from me, and we met after an hour. Uh, when I grew up at home, uh, my parents were f- uh, speaking French with me, so. I can speak French and whatever we eat, it right. Anyway, and we became uh, friends. And uh, also, he's a good friend of Don. You know, we became really friends, and uh, it was an opportunity to do a movie together. Uh, Moshe Diamant uh, really put us together, and uh, and we did that movie. So uh,
1: nice, but there's there's some really good legit action in that film. I enjoy it, and you got Kevin Lambert here saying he loved a uh, Shepherd Border Patrol. And uh, he's, we got some fans here of the film, and uh, the, was it a dream match up for Scott? Because I know he was a big uh, Van Damme fan, and they had a fight sequence at the end of that movie. Was that like, was he fanboying out? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
0: And they did a, after they did about five or six movies together. You know.
1: mm Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was cool seeing him in the Expendables too. All right, so now now you just had to take me back to my childhood here. Now you got to take me back to the '80s. Speaking as you know, Sam Furstenberg, I, I ran into him at a at a Dragon Fest convention. Very nice man. It Sweet was an man. honor to meet him, and I was just like, "Man, I love your movies." And Avenging Force was phenomenal. I was late. I was yes. late to the game with that yes. one, and and I was just like, "Dude, Avenging Force is so good." Yes. And he he was so humble, and he was like surprised he had fans. <laughs> I was like, but you're the man, what are you talking about? So, in honor of the 80s and the Shokosugi films, is that some of the inspiration for Ninja?
0: Yes. So, uh, this is how the, uh, that movie happened. I got a phone call one day, and it was uh, again, Boris says, Look, Isaac, Warner Brothers are uh, going to do a ninja movie. I said, wow. And uh, Avi, Avi Lerner, head of the company, says, He's obsessed. I said, what is obsessed? I said, he says, "What do you mean by his obsession? They're doing ninja movies. We are doing. We have to do ninja movies. That was our bread and butter in the '80s. We yeah. should do a movie. So the concept behind that movie, because there was a little bit more money, and this is where I made a mistake, by the way, I said I want to shoot it a little bit comic style, and uh, my the idea was, if you look at the Batman movie, Batman." He's taking ninjutsu, right? right? And I wanted to take it the opposite. A ninja becomes like, or the bad one becomes like high-tech ninja. And the good one is still the uh, Scott. Yeah, yeah. The old-style ninja. And we came up with this. We shot it uh, again in Bulgaria, in the New York street. Uh, I honestly don't like the movie. I, I, I felt, and I was carrying it, and I said, I did a mistake. I should have never made it like comic style. I should have made it more realistic. Uh, even though I really like the subway scene, I think that it's really solid. Oh, I love yeah. like, 20 minutes of the movie. Ah, another thing that I didn't uh, tell uh, Millennium is that uh, uh, I wanted, because... I'm coming from martial arts. I know the history. And uh, I, won't, I was inspired by the really the, the last of really real ninja was Seiko Fujita that was teaching in, 19, in the 1930s in Tokyo, in Nagano, uh, espionage to the Japanese uh, soldiers or special units and later was operating against the British in Burma uh, in the 40s in, during World War II he came to Japan later, it really taught no one, uh, and daddy in 1966, and all the who's the who in the martial, Japanese martial arts came to his funeral. So I was inspired by his character. So what I did is I wanted to bring the, that everything in Japan will be shot in Japanese, and I wanted to bring Japanese actors. And in Millennium, they told me, why do you need, I mean, you're here in town. Who knows who is Filipino? Who knows who is Korean? I said, of course people know. (laughs) Japanese-American, you see the difference? You have to bring Japanese from Japan. Luckily, the late Danny Lerner, that was the producer of the film, totally supported me, and we brought a team from Japan. And it was really worthwhile. And we shot. I shot the first 20 minutes of the movie only at the end after the action because it was all in Japanese. I didn't want them to freak out. But but in a martial arts movie, when you shoot in Japanese, it's okay. audience accept it, you know. So I liked the first 20 minutes of the movie. I liked the subway scene and the rest I really didn't like. I was carrying it with me. Even Mm -hmm. though it was a pleasure to shoot it, and but I knew I did a mistake. The character of Casey was too good. Mm. And too good is boring. You you want to add an edge. Yeah. And later, years later, in two thousand thirteen, I had the opportunity when we did Ninja Shadow of a Tear to correct that mistake. So Ninja gotcha. Shadow of a Tear that Ninja Two Shadow of a Tear that was shot later. We I, I felt that I Really corrected all of the mistakes that yeah. I did before. You know, the good producer Frank Martinian, of course, was Davidson. We shot it in uh, uh, Thailand. Uh, yeah. Scott becomes a darker character because yeah, his wife, you know. So, yeah. uh, uh
1: Ninja uh, Ninja Two: Shadow of Tears, phenomenal. That's that's I, I rank that as one of your best. But but still, for fight, fans, for fight yeah. fans, for fight fans. There's still some good stuff in Ninja.
0: Yes. I mean there's
1: there's still quality action here. This fight on the rooftop that was reminding me of Revenge of the Ninja a little bit. Yes. I mean, they're still here for fight fans to enjoy. And the end fight in the street, uh the finale fight was legit. Like it was yeah. really exciting. So there's there's stuff there is stuff there for fight fans. In uh, the
0: fight on the roof, there is a shot that got lost. And yeah. somet that, that really got lost. Nobody found. Oh it. no. Oh, no, I see, see there was a shot here missing, you know? Uh, we have to no. cut? Off.
1: Especially <laughs> when you
0: get the action, you, I, I cut, I planned before, so it's yeah. like yeah, Lego. You need a piece here to, to to add, you know, and it's missing. So anyway,
1: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we 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 can keep talking about it here. Uh, you have two legends in this movie. Uh, yes. Love Kane Kane Kasugi's legit, Amazing. just like Amazing. his father. And uh, this is this is phenomenal. This is one of Scott Atkins' best, and one of your best, one of my favorites uh, in your yes. library. Uh, but yeah, I was like, right in the beginning where the, the love interest dies, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yay, no love. Let's get to the action. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, great fight between the two Titans here. I mean, look, look, this is how you film action. Look at this. Look at this. How many movements? How many movements right there before you in the camera still in one shot? Look at this. This is phenomenal. And look, I mean, you go. Tight when you need to, you go back to see, you know, yeah, phenomenal, uh, and yeah, just all the action sequences were just completely put the first movie to shame. And, and so, then and the first movie had a lot of so, some good, legit action in there, but so this, this one see, just D-Man, cranked it up to 11. Here, man,
0: Demon was the fight choreographer, and then I worked with him really in every movie uh, almost. I mean, I worked with uh, Larnell in uh, uh, Undisputed Three and in. Uh, uh, in uh, I mean, Jeremy Marenas in uh, Cold Range and uh, Larnell in uh, Seas again, but uh, many times also with Tim Mann is amazing. He's from Sweden, by the way. And uh, uh, the interesting thing he was teaching, even though my sensei karate dojo, he was teaching Taekwondo there in that dojo. So, it oh. was, uh, and he's so organized. He's amazing.
1: Yes. Nice. You got uh, some fan comments here. James says we need ninja three. <laughs> Hopefully one day we'll see, right? We'll see. Who knows what the future will hold. But I'm I'm definitely for that. Uh let's see if we have another uh comment here. Hold on. Uh Jose says, the best. I love Isaac Florentine. Inspiration. Thank you. There you go. Uh Warlord Rising says, Hell yes, this man knows. How to direct martial arts scenes. Yes. Uh but love love Ninja 2, man. And uh the the bar scene, the bar fight sequence, man. Yes. That was so good. <laughs> so good. So good. Scott put up
0: uh, taking that one and it was my fault. We had a good take and I said, let's do another one. It was a mistake.
1: Oh no. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. Uh but yeah, undisputed 3 redemption here. Another big one, a, another fan favorite here. Uh and it was awesome that uh you know, we actually had here in the Movie Dojo uh, a couple weeks back, we actually had Marco Zoror here yes. hanging out with the samurai and he's a great guy. He had a lot of great things to say about you and it was awesome having him here uh to talk about his career as well. Uh but yeah, got to love Delore, man. It's one of the best villains. <laughs> In martial arts movie history, with his chocolate, you know I mean it's just It's it's one of the best villains ever, ever. And this movie, it, you know? I already enjoyed Kiltro. And then once it came, once I watched this movie, I was like, I, "That's it." I'm a Marco Zorro fan for life. Uh, but it was great having him here on the podcast. JJ
0: Perry introduced me to Marco Zorro. Who did? JJ
1: Perry. Oh, all right, nice, nice. But yeah, he's pff, Marco's at another level here. Yes. Uh, What's special you know, about this movie? He's so big and so
0: tall. He's six three or six four, but he thinks he thinks that he's five two. It's <laughs> crazy. Stuff. It's
1: insane. His, his 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 athletic ability is just it's just insane. Uh, but what I really loved about this movie was I was tr- trying to think really hard when this film came out and I watched it, and we all enjoyed it here. And of course, I had to go out and buy it. There there was I was thinking really hard. When was the last time I saw a movie where the antagonist of a film became the protagonist in the sequel of a movie of the movie? And I was thinking really hard and I couldn't at the I couldn't think. <laughs> I was like thinking, I mean, I'm sure it exists. Uh, but it's an extremely rare thing that the antagonist of one movie they have a sequel and then he's the protagonist. And that's very awesome. Like, that's a very rare thing to see. And it was very unexpected because when this came out, I was like, oh, where's Michael J. White? And then I watched it and I was like, oh, it's about Boyka? That's interesting. And it's all about, it's all in the title, Redemption. You know, and the character was trying to redeem himself. And I was just like, man, this is really good.
0: That uh, idea, that concept of uh, taking the bad guy of the previous movie, or the antagonist and making the protagonist yeah. is undisputed too, because George Chambers played yeah. by Vin Rames in uh, Undisputed.
1: That's right. That Thank means
0: you. Means what hit you is that Michael J. White is not Vin Rames So you saw it. You didn't see it. You know. Yeah. Here, you know that Scott was Boyka here and his boycott there, and it's the same. It's like a continuous. You know. Yeah. So it's it's more like in your face. You know.
1: Right, right. But you no, know, that's a good point. I forgot about that Ving Rames was kind of I forgot they're the same character. But yeah, I enjoyed the concept. I really did. And uh the the fights in this was phenomenal, especially, you know, Scott's fights with uh with with Marco Zarro. This is like probably one of the best fights in uh, martial arts movie history. And another popular one is a uh, Latif here. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is a phenomenal fight. A lot of people consider this his best one-on-one fight in his career. Uh, he was just recently on Scott Atkins' podcast, The Art of Action. He was a guest on there, which was really awesome. But yeah, he—he's another level. Latif is—he's phenomenal. So uh, I but I tell
0: you a story about it. I mean, sure. first we shot it; it was hard, and Larnell was very demanding. You know, even in the days of he used to work with them with the with the uh, actors. No days off; he worked like all the time. After we went, uh, the movie was invited to a festival. It was the very first Action Fest festival, the first and the last. And we were out of the competition because we had distribution. But when the, the judges saw the movie, they decided to give it a best uh, a director and best fight choreography. They said they couldn't ignore it, you know? And I think it was that fight of Latif and Scott. And uh, the one with Marco, I mean, they, they really fell for it, you know? So, yes.
1: Nice. Well, it's well-deserved. I mean, and Marco, like I said, Marco's ability is just, like you said, he thinks he's 5'6", or whatever <laughs> you said earlier. His ability is insane. Yeah, he is phenomenal. And hopefully, we can get him back here on the podcast. But, yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, sure, I can just flip backwards and come down with an axe kick. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, just love love Undisputed 3. You know, it's funny.
0: We learned from that movie. In Undisputed 2, we had a smaller ring, and here we had a, a bigger ring, like 8 by 8 so we can shoot more comfortable. you know? We, we yeah. learn from the mistakes, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, but if, we couldn't even tell that you made any mistakes in, the, in Undisputed 2. What's, what's fun is, for fans of your movies, there's always this debate. Everyone has their favorite, which is awesome, which is a compliment to you. But everyone has their favorite. They're like, no, Unisputed 2 is better. No, man, Unisputed 3 is better. You know, they go back and forth, but they love both films. But there's, everyone has a favorite, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Yuri Boyka even became even bigger. The character itself became yeah. even a bigger icon. Uh, just phenomenal, just badass. And uh, we enjoy we enjoy that character in that, in that series, definitely. Uh, again, the Western vibe, keeping it going in uh, close range here. Any stories about the filming uh, process of this? So this
0: movie happened because uh, the distributor was supposed to sell a movie with that title, and he had a different actor and different director, and uh, he kind of got uh, stuck. Edward Bleiberg, and he came to me, and I said, "Look, I understand that it's very low budget. Let's. Uh, uh, I know that I can ask Scott to be in that movie." And the movie originally was in the set in the East Coast. And I said, no, it reads like a Western. It's always the Western for me. Yeah, and Let's make it like uh, in a place in Arizona. And uh, basically, uh, that's what we did. And uh, Jeremy Marinas was the fight choreographer. And we shot it for 19 days. Very fast. Oh, very wow. rough. Yes. Uh, it was a rough shooting, you know, but uh, we managed to pull it off.
1: So I, uh, my favorite part of the movie is the opening fight sequence where you all you film it like it's one, one shot. That yeah. was phenomenal. That's my favorite part of that movie. Yes. Favorite part. But yeah, uh, action and fight fans will definitely find uh, some fun moments in this film, definitely. I, I enjoy the fight scenes inside the house, too, where Scott was taking on multiple guys inside the house. That was really good. Yeah. That was really a lot of fun. So... Did you train, help uh, prepare uh, Antonio Banderas for Acts of Vengeance? No. Okay. An- oh, really?
0: Antonio, that was the very first movie I did with him. And the people in uh, the stunt, people in Bulgaria, people worked with him before, and they told me, Isaac, you're going to enjoy working with him. And I met him, and he says, Look, I learned choreography very fast. And I was skeptic. And the first action scene that we did is when he beats everybody next to the car with the dog. Yeah. Because he came only a few days before shooting. And I was, and he, he, he was doing the action. He's not even going to his trailer. He's there with us all the time, enjoying it. Nice. And he came to me after and says, I say, I told you not to worry. I said, Yeah, I was worried. <laughs> he sees the choreography. He sees it once. He tries it. Let's do it. It's wow. really such. And it's first, is such a giant. He did almost all his stunts. Really oh, well. wow. wanted to do it, you know, insist, yeah. including told Antonio. We don't see your face. Now I want to do it. Okay. Nice. But then he tells me, oh, I regret I said it.
1: So, <laughs> but
0: uh, yes, so in what happened in that movie, there was a role for an elderly karate sensei. And uh, the stunt coordinator, Theo, that I know him very well, worked with him many times before, comes yeah. up to me, and Tim Man, he said, Isaac, we know you. You are a karate a, a bum. You are a karate freak. We can bring a stunt guy to do it, but it will not be clean karate, and you drive everybody crazy. You should do it. And I said, guys, I'm very nervous in front of the camera. I'm really very nervous. Oh, wow. So, but I said, okay, I'll do it. In what condition, that team man will play the judo and jiu-jitsu teacher of uh, Antonio. And we did it. And uh, I was really nervous. You know, we shot it for about two hours. Antonio helped me. <laughs> I was nervous. Yeah, honestly, I was,
1: yeah.
0: all I had to do is really karate techniques that I'm familiar with that. And he wanted to take all the falling. And I, I, I kind of was hesitant about it. Uh, but uh, it it was a nice uh, moment, you know? Yeah. Two hours that I kind of stood away from my director's chair and then went back and I said, okay, good enough.
1: (laughs) But it was fun seeing you in the movie. I was like, hey, Isaac's in the movie, man. That's awesome. Thank you. A little cameo there. But Acts of Vengeance, um, uh, straight-up vigilante film here, did... Was there any uh, pushback by the studio or any execs or any, were there any issues with this one in terms of, did they kind of get freaked out and be like, wait, our main star is not going to talk? Did they kind did you get any like, oh, awesome.
0: That's no, good. What happened is I, uh, I had a script and uh, Mark Vane wrote it and uh, I gave it to Millennium and they loved it. And for it, it sat there for a few years until... One day Avi told me, "Look, Antonio is interested in uh, meeting you. He read the script." I, I was then again. I was in Tel Aviv. I was in Israel, and uh, I flew. All I had with me shorts and sandals. Went. Uh, my middle daughter got me a jeans a pair of jeans. I flew to England, and met him, and uh, we hit it right. And I think that the reason why we hit it right, I, my ancestors are the. The Spanish Jews that in 1492 were deported by the Spanish Inquisition. And we still, uh, over those generations, the language was kept on those with those families. So I speak a 15th century Spanish dialect. Oh, wow. And, uh, when I was walking uh, uh, to Antonio's place, he told me in Spanish, Isaac, uh, how are you? And I answered him in Spanish. And he said, wow, you're a Spardic. And he knew exactly what I was. And again, it's like with Dorf, the ice broke, you know. Immediately, we hit it right. I was supposed to meet with him for 30 minutes. I was there for about three hours. And after three hours, I felt uncomfortable. I said, listen, I have to give you some time. We had a nice meeting. I'm going, you know. Yeah. It was a pleasure, you know. Nice,
1: nice. Yes, yes. But yeah, the action in this uh is legit and it's it is awesome seeing Antonio kick ass and take names. How was he, it working with uh Carl Urban? Good, good. Yeah, he came,
0: he did what he had to do, he was there absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure. He was, he was big in this one he, yeah, he, he he bulked up for this role man he was, uh,
0: he was huge. Hey, the bad guy like
1: yeah hey, and
0: the that becomes the bad, you know
1: yeah and uh the fight at the end is legit yes like the fight between them is really badass it's really good so it's my fa- favorite part of the movie
0: there is you know because the, there were lights from both sides shining lights yeah, when you cut his eye, we had to send him to uh, stitches. He didn't want to. He didn't want to leave the set. We had to send him to get stitches. At the end of the fight, when you see his eye bleeding and uh, whatever not bleeding but swollen, yeah. it looks like a bad makeup. It's not bad makeup. It's his real uh, swollen eye. Oh wow! It's, yes, it's not bad makeup. It's his real uh, cut eye. Wow! Wow!
1: He's a, he was a, he was really a trooper in this one. That's awesome. He's like I'm going to do this. <laughs> he was a
0: trooper all the time. But right. I just
1: the fight was just really good, and you know, you had that the, the mixed martial arts in there a little bit. And I remember there was a, a, a one part of the fight where I think Urban or someone tried to s- tackle or spear the other guy, and the other guy sprawled yes. out of it. That yes. was phenomenal. Yes, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. Really so, good so here's
0: the trick. I'll tell you some. Okay, some of my tricks. Yes, the uh, the floor is actually a mess. What I do in order, because when I do a movie, it's safety first. I don't. We're just doing an action movie. Nobody should get hurt. You should have fun. And I'm, and I'm not doing it from being altruistic. I'm doing it actually from being egoistic, selfish. Why? Because I know that if there is a chance that the stunt guy or the actor will get injured they stiffen up and they don't relax and they don't come, their performance will not be to its best. So what I try to do is that the floors, it's really a mat that is painted like that floor. So All I right. think he did a movie just before and he did it on a real cement floor and he told Isaac you should have been there because he got injured, didn't have any sleeves. And I always insist on my character to wear leather jackets because under, you can hide the pads, Padding. you know?
1: Yeah, so yeah. Funny,
0: yes. So now they're fully safe. And you know it's a mat. You know you won't get hurt. You are padded, so you can go for it. But for nice. the audience, with the sound, and it looks like it's a cement floor or whatever, but it's not.
1: So <laughs> it's
0: one of the little uh, things. So yeah. you can do a fight like this, and it looks dynamic and everything. But if you think about it, they are the mat doesn't look like a Matt. right a man.
1: didn't even notice Yeah, <laughs> i didn't even notice that's awesome yeah but they safety first right safety, safety first. first that yeah. is awesome but yeah i didn't even notice that's really cool uh so seized here is your most recent yeah. film uh how was it filming this one and how was it working with mario van peebles man i haven't seen that guy in a while
0: mario is a fantastic actor He's an awesome actor And because he's also a director, he was there to help me all the time. It was a pleasure to work with him.
1: Nice, Uh, nice. The
0: problem is it was a messy production, and you pay for for it on the screen. I had a great crew, uh, but the production was messy. And uh, Honestly, I'm not happy from the result. Neither me, neither Scott. Uh, if I compare it to uh, to a uh, uh, close range that was shot also for about nineteen days,
1: yeah,
0: close range was organized, and you see it on the screen. Right, this was unorganized, and you see it on the screen. I was lucky to have good cast, good crew, and yeah. and and, and my, my, really my right hand. My co-producer, Jacob Gressler, that was there, he, he shot in Mexico before, he had a lot of experience, and he knew how to come with creative solutions to, to uh, solve uh bumps that we hit on the way. So, uh, all right,
1: yeah. Well, hey, hey, it's still got something for action and fight fans in this film. Yes. I mean, there's still something, there's still entertainment to be had. Not I just watched right. it, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Scott was a badass with all the weapons. And there, there's, there's some good action in here. The shootout in the club was really good. I enjoyed yep. that as well. And, of course, you know how you always uh, have the best fight at the end. I enjoyed this fight sequence with uh, UFC MMA fighter Uriah Hall versus Scott yeah. Atkins. This is a legit good fight. Yeah, Re- right. Really good. Yes, yes. And, of course, you know, New Jack City, Posse, you gotta love Mario Van Peebles, man. He's amazing.
0: He's, amazing. he's
1: just <laughs> He could tell he was having a blast with this character, and he was having a good time.
0: it, 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 it was a pleasure to work with him.
1: Yes. Uh, would you work with him again in the future? Of course,
0: any day, absolutely. He's, I mean, not only is he an excellent actor because he's a director. He's—he's he, he's there to help you. You know, there are some actors that. I have a lot of experience. They know, like I worked with Christian Slater. I used to pose, he, I, I used to stand. in you where the camera. I mean, he knew exactly. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, these are actors that they love the craft. They love. They love it. You understand me? They love being on the set and doing stuff. And Mario yeah. is one of somebody like this. Uh, Christian was somebody like this. Scott is somebody like this. You know, it's like when you work with people who love the craft.
1: It's amazing right. you know. Antonio, needless to say, is a part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I enjoyed uh, Mario's character in Siege because even he got down at the end and was doing some oh, fighting. Absolutely. I was like, what? Mario, look at Mario stabbing people in the neck and stuff. Yes. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. This is fun. Yes. But yes. yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was an entertaining flick. Uh, but, you know, you know, you, this, your resume is amazing. You, you've come so far giving us... So much awesome entertainment, and you know, keeping real action alive. You know, you, you like I said earlier, you have all these ridiculously huge budget movies, but they, it's like they—it's like their balls were cut. You know, <laughs> like it's just we—you know—we—you know—support badassity here on the channel, and we just love the way you film fight sequences and 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 make these fun action films, and and this is why you have the following that you have. This is why Scott has millions of followers, you know, because of the quality of your work and all your hard work and uh, entertainment that you have brought us over all these years. And, you know, C's just came out, so you're still kicking, and uh, you're still doing that karate kicking, man, and we're... We're looking forward to anything in the future. You, whatever your next project is, you know the movie Dojo Army is going to be there. Samurai is going to be there. Uh, is there anything you, you might be working on now that you can kind of tell us? Or it's on the hush? My, You know, I'm not superstitious. But I
0: have one superstition, which is never to tell what might be coming because I will jinx it. So okay. I shot right. And hopefully, I mean, this was a hard year with the corona. nothing was really moving, you know. uh who knows? hopefully something will come, yeah,
1: yeah, oh well, you're so talented, and I'm sure you're gonna be filming movies till the end, you know we and we and we will be there. And we will be buying it and purchasing it <laughs> and spreading the word, just like I spread that Undisputed 2 DVD at my job. Hey, man, check this out. Hey, man, check this out. <laughs> Everybody was watching it and loving it. So uh, we love uh, love your work, and uh, we appreciate what you have done for us and the action and martial arts movie community. And uh, Isaac, make this your second home, my friend. You're always welcome back here anytime.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you that you contact me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate
1: this. Thank you for being here. Uh, being here. It's an honor. So chat, Movie Dojo Army, you know what you do. You, pre- If you don't own it already, Isaac's work, you know you're going to go out and buy it right now. <laughs> but yeah, some newbies that are just showing up and watching right now, make sure you check out Isaac Florentine's work. He has a hell of a resume, a lot of fun, badass entertainment uh, now and to come. That's right. And we will be there. Uh, thanks again, Isaac. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Chat, I will be on tonight, uh, live Q&A, hang out with the Samurai tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific. Until then, we'll see you badasses next time. Take care.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.